Welcome to Talking Health, a podcast where we explore some of the big health issues facing our communities. On this podcast, you'll hear from some of the world's leading health researchers, community organisations and people with lived experience about the advancements we're making in health to transform the well-being of our communities at each stage of life. I'm Professor Deborah Anderson, the Dean of Health at the University of Technology, Sydney, and the founder and director of the Women's Wellness Research Collaborative. I've spent my career dedicated to supporting people to implement sustainable lifestyle changes to get the most out of life. Today on the podcast, I'm excited to be joined by the Director of the University of Technology, Sydney, Centre for Health Economics, Research and Evaluation, Professor Rosalie Viney, to talk about the role health economics plays in improving quality of life and health and well-being. Welcome, Rosalie. It is so great to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Debbie. Firstly, could you take us back to your time as a student and tell us a little bit about what sparked your interest in health economics and research? Thanks, Debbie. If I think back, as a school student in Tasmania in the late 1970s, I was really keen on reading things like National Times, you know, so really interesting newspapers and that covered a lot of economics and social issues. And as a result, I ended up doing economics in my HSC year and developing a real kind of interest in it. I tell this story that on the way down to enrol in university, my mother was saying, no, you should do an arts degree. And I said, no, I'm going to do an economics degree. I'm definitely going to do an economics degree. I did actually, because I was, um, you know, I was going to train to be a teacher. So I did a, an economics degree that had an English major in it, which made me a little bit unusual, but I think actually was quite helpful for me in a lot of ways. And then in that economics degree, I guess the thing that I became really interested in was welfare economics and, you know, the economics that was around how do we think about how governments improve well-being, how do we measure well-being, how do we measure welfare, how do we know that an intervention or a program is actually benefiting society and how do we make judgments about that. So not so much about the big macroeconomics questions of interest rates and inflation and those things, but more about how policies affect people. What a fabulous story. And I love heading down to be a teacher and taking the English major. That is priceless. Rosalie, as we both know through our clinical and research work, improving social and physical well-being isn't necessarily just about addressing health outcomes. It's really multifaceted and touches many aspects of people's lives, from housing through to the way we access services. SHARE, which is your centre, abbreviated, is one of the key centres within the new Health Research Institute, INSIGHT, which is the Institute for Innovative Solutions for Wellbeing and Health at uh, the University of Technology, Sydney. So why is it so important to apply an economic lens to all the work we do to improve health and wellbeing for our communities? So I think the things that are really important in economics is that it is about that measuring of welfare, about understanding how we improve well-being and welfare. You know, people think of economics as the dismal science, you know, it's often called the dismal science. But in fact, I think of it as very much about how do we best use the resources that are available to make the best decisions. And so we really need to bring that economics lens. The other part of it is that what happens in the economy, which really fundamentally, as you said, affects people's well-being, affects outcomes. And we saw that absolutely through the COVID pandemic, how intrinsically linked things about 
jobs are to health and um, housing and those sorts of things, because we saw how the pandemic had really different impacts on people of different socioeconomic status. But what's really fundamental there is that what happens in the economy is the result of decisions that people make. And so we really need to understand the drivers of those decisions to make better policy. We need to understand how people are affected by prices, how they're affected by opportunities and those sorts of things. And that's really the stuff of economics to think about how do people behave in response to the market, in response to the market mechanisms, in response to prices and incomes. And when I say markets, I don't really mean, you know, just markets, I mean, more broadly, the social structures as well. Yes, and that's fascinating. And I think it's no better time than at the present when we're seeing the strain on different households and and what that might mean. For many years, you and your team at SHARE have been looking at how we measure and evaluate then the health of populations to make better decisions and allocate resources for interventions. How do we measure quality of life and wellbeing? This seems like something that would be really hard to measure and is quite unique to each individual. Absolutely, it is unique to individuals. And, you know, one of the things about the way that economists think is we can't actually know, we can't compare welfare across individuals. We can do what we can to sort of try and get good ways of measuring it. But when it comes to thinking about what's the effect of healthcare interventions, we want to have quite standardised approaches to knowing is this intervention making a difference to people's well-being, and how do we measure that? And so the way that we do that is through using standardised instruments which identify what are the relevant dimensions or attributes of quality of life and then try and put them in a standardised way. So we're actually trying to say, well, I can't say whether um, when you say you're happy, that's the same as when I say I'm happy, but we can at least try to standardise it. So if we think about dimensions of quality of life that are important in health. There might be things like your mobility, whether you're anxious and depressed, whether you're able to do usual social activities, how vigorous your exercise can be, those sorts of things. And so the aim is to measure that in a really standardised way so that people can fill out a questionnaire and tick those boxes and we can get some idea of what that means and then whether interventions change that, so how that changed that. So, I mean, really fundamentally, we can't say that, you know, pain is a really great example because pain is going to be really different for people. But we can think about whether somebody's moving from extreme pain to moderate pain, for example, or from moderate pain to mild pain. And hopefully we can standardise that in a way that the descriptors are meaningful. And there's a lot of science in that trying to get those descriptors meaningful. Would you like me to go on to talk a little bit about the valuation side? Because that's kind of where a lot of the economics comes in as well. Yes, that would that would be really great. You know, I think that would be really valuable to our listeners. If I talk about what we want to do when we're making decisions about new medicines or new interventions in the healthcare system, so they all cost money, we've got to make decisions about which are the ones we want to do. And we want to know that they represent good value for money in terms of whether they're cost effective. But we need to do that in a way that's meaningful. So obviously, interventions will improve survival in some cases, but in a lot of cases, they'll actually improve quality of life as well, or there might be side effects that need to be measured. And so what we really want to do is beyond just measuring that, we want to understand how it matters to people. So we want to understand how people trade off between, for example, mobility and pain. 
I might be able to move around more quickly, but I still actually am suffering pain. So which one of those is more important? Or I may have to undergo pain in order to get that improvement in mobility. So what health economists do in this area is come up with ways of asking people questions that give us a way of valuing quality of life on a scale that's comparable. And so we come up with the idea of the quality adjusted life here, which combines both survival and quality of life. And so a lot of the work that I do is around, can we get good ways to measure this that really actually captures people's trade-offs and their preferences for those aspects of quality of life? The EQ5D tool has certainly made such an impact on clinical and research practice and policy over the past few decades. How is this tool being applied to current projects and health challenges? Because this is a tool that measures that health-related quality of life, isn't it? So could you sort of expand on that? Because I know you've done a lot of great work with Cancer Australia, for example, um, and clinical trials. Yes, so the um, EQ5D, the Eurocall instrument with five dimensions, is a way of measuring quality of life. It was one of the first instruments that was developed in this area, and it's the one that's perhaps the most widely used across clinical trials right across the world. We do at SHARE a lot of work with Eurocall, who are the owners of that instrument and the developers of that instrument, and do research on improving the instrument, on thinking about ways that measurement might be improved and those sorts of things. So the EQ5D, as I said, has five dimensions of quality of life. So it's quite a standard instrument and there's five levels. So the dimensions are mobility, self-care, usual activities, pain and discomfort and anxiety and depression. And so you can see that that's that's quite a, you know, it covers quite a lot of what's relevant for healthcare. Now, it doesn't cover everything. So... Some of the work that we're doing is about, can we improve on that measurement? So for example, at the moment we have a project where we're looking at, can we combine the EQ5D with another instrument that's more based on social care, the ASCOT instrument, that includes things like dignity, feelings of safety, whether people feel comfortable in their homes and those sorts of things. So things that might be very relevant in aged care settings or disability settings, um, but for many people as well. And so the idea is to say, can we broaden out what the EQ5D measures so that we can think about interventions that might not just be relevant for a new medicine, but also for things like improving aged care or improving home care or those sorts of activities as well. Look, that sounds fabulous, Rosalie. And I know you and your team, Share, have had a few moves in the last 12 to 18 months. You've moved from Faculty of Business across to the Faculty of Health. You're now embedded also in the new Research Institute, Insight. We are so thrilled to have you in the Faculty of Health. So lucky because this sort of research that you're doing just really expands the amazing opportunities in the way we're able to undertake really meaningful health research. How are you and your team settling into the Faculty of Health? So I think that the Faculty of Health is a great home for SHARE. I think every health problem has an economic dimension and it's really important to have that economics there. I think also we're really excited about the opportunities that Insight, the new um, Health Research Institute, brings. And again, I think for every problem that Insight will be addressing, which are multidisciplinary, to have that opportunity to bring 
an economics lens to it and multiple different methods from health economics to those problems will be really great. And so it's a great opportunity for our researchers, but I think it's also a great opportunity for us to be able to contribute more depth and breadth to the work that Insight's doing and the Faculty of Health through the different ranges of methods that we use from health technology assessment, through data analysis, through applied econometrics, through methods for measuring preferences, and even things like psychometrics, which are a large part of our work. Um, thanks, Rosalie. And I want to say thank you so much for being my guest on Talking Health today and for shining a light on the importance of understanding the role health economics plays in improving health and well-being outcomes for our communities. We are certainly fortunate to have Cher and yourself as an integral centre within our Health Research Institute. Thanks, Debbie. Today, I've been speaking with Professor Rosalie Viney, the Director's Centre for Health Economics Research and Evaluation Chair. You've been listening to Talking Health by the University of Technology, Sydney, and you can find us at uts.edu.au.